Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Comic Talk, the podcast. My name is Jesse Rivera. Today is Monday, November the 16th, and this is episode number 80, and my guest today is Rhoda D. Ramon. Dude, Rhoda D. Ramon is hella cool, and she knows her music. Um, we, we talked about the White Stripes, the Strokes, concerts at the Fillmore, uh, concerts everywhere in the Bay. Um, we talked about everything but comedy. No, we did talk about comedy a little tiny bit at the end. It was almost like obligatory to talk about comedy because all we talked about was music. Um, uh, Rhoda and I bonded recently over uh, fanboying and fangirling out over the announcement of the White Stripes Greatest Hits. Uh, we both are members of the, uh, I think it's called the Third Man, the Vault, the Vault, the Third Man Record Vault, and we talk about all of that in the podcast. I will save that for the podcast. What have you been watching lately? I am still hooked on The Mandalorian. Watched that the other day, episode, I think it was the second or third episode of the season. It's a great episode. Baby Yoda, adorable. And I started watching this other series on HBO Max called, it's called The Cost of Winning. And if you like the movie Friday Night Lights, then this is right up your alley. It's like about a, uh, uh, a high school football team. And they are so good that no one in their league wants to play against them. It's a docuseries, so it's it's a true story. Baltimore, Maryland, uh, high school football team. And it's really exciting. I'm going to watch the third episode as soon as I'm done recording this intro can't think of anything else i'm watching right now been doing a lot of thrifting and finding cool used stuff at the record stores i got the ultimate purple chair i'm so happy with it and i'm excited to uh, redecorate my living room a little bit but that's what i was up to this weekend so without further ado please enjoy episode number 80 my chat with rhoda d ramon thanks for listening be good to each other bye Anyway, Rhoda D. Ramon, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me this afternoon. Oh, man. Thanks for being on. Uh, I did your podcast, and I love like when I do someone's podcast, because then I'm like, yes, they got to do mine now. Yeah. I so, know. I still have to edit and release, so. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good, man. Um, been a fan of your comedy for a long time. I don't think we've ever really met uh, IRL in real life. I don't, um, I think very rarely. I think like I maybe think we like, like passed passing. each other and did like the whole good set like type mm-hmm. thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I definitely, I, you know, friends with you on Facebook, follow you on the gram. Um, I think that like, I, like I said at the very beginning, I think you're an adult and like I, I listen, <laughs> I pay attention to the things you say because you say some, <laughs> you say some halfway intelligent things sometimes that I think oh, well, that, that's it. Yeah, halfway intelligence sometimes. It just depends. Yeah. So uh, how's your day been going so far? My day's been going good. It's been a full day. You got to do stuff on uh, days like today where you drove by a, a baby shower drive through uh-huh. So that's kind of a new, you know, pandemic normal. I was doing drive through parades. You know, um, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think, I hope that's one of the things that sticks from the from the pandemic is the is the drive-by birthday party and the the drive-by stuff because i'm not a big fan of like 
I mean, uh, sticking around, uh, sticking around and just like getting dressed and being uncomfortable and sitting on this chair that I'm positive is going to break any minute now. Making um, small talk for the first couple minutes. Yeah. I, I'm not, not a huge fan of it. I, I'm kind of hoping that that's one thing that, that sticks for the pandemic. What about you? Are you cool with it? It's just honestly for the people that I like, I have a big, huge family, but they're not all created equal like a lot of people know. So sometimes I'm just happy to get in the car and do the drive-by and make the big deal about it. But then sometimes it's like, especially now that uh, I've been, you know, doing um, social distancing for the better part of nine months now, it's kind of nice to like get to see some new scenery and stuff. Like my kid is just so sick of me. He just we were going to go to my mom's house and he's like, I just really want to stay there. But my parents had other stuff to do, but he's like, can I please just stay here? I'm like, you could tell he's just sick of me. He's sick of my face, which I don't bother. I, I don't blame him. And is, is he still doing the homeschooling? Like, uh, is, has he gone back to the classroom yet? Yeah. Well, he, um, he, they're supposed to go back the weekend after Thanksgiving and like a hybrid model, but I don't, I don't think that's happening because I live in San Joaquin County and I'm pretty sure they're about to go back to purple. Yeah. Sacramento means County no just, school. Yeah. Sacramento County just went back to, was it to the red or the purple? We just got we yeah, got, you guys went back to purple. We got demoted. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. San Joaquin is right behind it. I mean, the only I think the only reason why it hasn't yet is because the city is trying to contest it a little bit, but there's no way that it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been rough, hasn't it? Like, I don't. What What do you? Are you over it? Are you adjusted with it? Where are you acclimated to it? I, you know, I think in some ways I'm an introvert and kind of a homebody honestly stand-up was pretty much my social life the majority of my social life and so it hasn't been too too horrible especially to be able to do stuff like do zoom and um just kind of talk to do the you know online stuff every now and again but it definitely is getting to that point sometimes where i just wish that i didn't have to be so vigilant to just go out and go do a set somewhere if I felt like it or, you know, have you been going out to like social distance show at all? None at all. I went to a couple of open mics that they had at uh, Vince's restaurant. Mm -hmm. And uh, that one felt cool because like it was in a parking lot. It was outdoors. Uh, they, they had the tables and chairs set up outside. And I even went so far as like, I just, I, I saw somebody walk by. I was like, hey, put my name on the list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, I didn't even touch the list. I sat in my car until like two comics before me mm -hmm. then got out of my car because you, know, you, you got to study the room a little bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, got out of the car just long enough to like study the room long enough for like two, did my set, thanked and bounced. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I How did it. Well, I did a couple shows and then I got exposed to COVID and then that was kind of a wrap after that. Like I had to go get tested and stuff and I was like, nah, I'm done. Wow. But yeah, it's, I guess it's just one of those things. But I mean, I know we'll, the nice secret, the secret nice thing is like nobody is really gaining so much traction that, you know, anyone's getting like remarkably better than they were. You know, so it's not like 
it's I accept the fact that once we get to go out regularly again, I'll probably be a little rusty or a little behind, but like not by much. But everybody's gonna be right yeah. there. Right? That's, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the and so right now I'm really just trying to focus on like writing and trying to do like creative stuff and things like that. So what uh when you write, uh are you are you like are you riffing with anybody? Like do you have someone that you could like run the stuff by or like are you just kind of writing and, and then you go back to it? Sometimes sometimes I'll like bounce ideas off of uh people that I think are funny or I only ask people that I know will be brutally honest with me. Mm-hmm. Um so I have a couple friends that'll do that and sometimes I'll post like um little ideas or concepts on social media and if i feel like that gets a lot of reactions and i'll kind of try to like expand on that yeah i i haven't gotten really uh some people are really good at like putting stuff on social media and getting Mm -hmm. like they can even get like tags from it and like add to it and like Mm -hmm. i haven't i haven't done a whole lot of that yet i have done it a couple of times and Mm -hmm. i I think like yeah you're one of the ones you're really good at it you know and uh putting stuff up and getting reactions but i i haven't done that well what i will say is when i first started doing stand-up i uh would have these like very long winded sets or setups before I got to the punchline. And so I think that's why when you listen to people that talk about writing where they say chew the fat or kill your darlings, I think that has so much to do with the fact that sometimes you need to say I don't need this two minutes. Like I've had jokes that started out as like maybe five minute jokes and just completely chopped them down to like a minute you know and so i think in some ways that social media is good for that where you can just put like or you know twitter is kind of the same idea where like a couple sentences which is essentially the format of your joke and see the kind of response that you get to that and then maybe just like um punch up a little bit oh my god who is that (laughs) that's penelope hey pp oh my god she is so cute (laughs) she steals the show she is adorable I love dogs. Do you? Do you have yeah. one? Or do you I have do. Three? I have one. I'm trying to get another one. My neighbors next door, really, they have five French bulldogs. And I just realized that they breed them. So I kind of am putting fillers that they, if they ever breed again. I know we're not supposed to buy. So I hope I'm not offending anybody. Sorry, but they're just so cute. Um, and then I have one dog right now. Her name is Fran. She's a bulldog. How long have you had her? She's 10. Oh, you've had yeah. her a long time. Yeah. She's uh, my baby. And and how what what is the not to try to make it a sad story, but like what's the life expectancy? Oh my god, we get that's like totally a uh, taboo in my house. <laughs> I, they go from about 10 to 15 years. Okay. But okay. um Fran is uh the most spoiled dog. And she's still super hyper and super strong. She can walk like 10 miles still. So oh, wow. I'm hoping that we'll get her to 15. So you take 10 mile walks with her? Uh, her, my uh, son's dad does. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. sometimes we'll take her on like long walks and stuff. Uh, and 10 years. So I was yeah. never a dog person until like about, I think six years ago, mm-hmm. I got a dog and I, I used to make fun of dog people. I'd be like, oh my gosh, quit like 
it's not a person, right? <laughs> and when I got a dog, her name was Paisley, and mm -hmm. I, she was my little buddy. And I was already like dreading watching her grow old. I was like, and I, I was like looking up like life expectancy, like what to expect for this year and this year and this oh, year. God. And I was already like, I'm not going to be able to handle like watching her get old, but like, but she got sick and died. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about it now, but I was a wreck for like, the, 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 like I put her down like on a Saturday that Monday when I came home from work was the mm -hmm. saddest walking into the house ever like just to not be greeted by, oh, by her no it I can't was, even think about it it no, was the I worst even, I, it's like it's so it's such a um it's like Voldemort where we don't we that must not be mentioned just because <laughs> she well my family I'm allergic to cats so I never have cats um and I'm just not I my son and his dog love cats but I just I'm not a cat person and I'm a, I'm like really allergic to them. And so my family has always had dogs. They've always had pit bulls, which are really, really smart dogs. Um, but they were, my parents like dogs, but they don't love dogs. Like they were never allowed in the house. You know, they were kind of just like, you played with someone you're outside, but for the most part, we're like, you know, always around. And then I had a dog named Sugar Ray, and she was a really pretty black and white pity, and she got sick, and we uh, we had, my dad had to put her down without telling me because I was really close to her, and I just was like so beside myself and cried the entire day. I went to work. I was working as a receptionist at Supercuts at the time and uh, would have to like excuse myself to go in the back and cry. And so I know that, you know, when the horrible day comes for Fran, I'm going to just, I'll, I'll like have to take some time off. It's going to be bad. So well, try, yeah. What a way to start off the thing talking about putting down animals. Well, that's why you I'm should get... cut this out and then start, we can start now. Well, I was just going <laughs> to advise that that's why you should get a second dog right now so that you're ready. Uh, yeah, kind of, I kind of think we're definitely kicking around the idea of getting another dog but i think fran's got a lot of life in her now so. is your son excited about the prospect of having a second dog or is he like eh it's a dog we haven't really told him because um like he he my son is on the spectrum so like okay. if we say something then it's like that has to happen and we have to answer a million questions about it and so whenever we think about something we don't really bring it up to him until it's time to do it and so i think it's going to be like tomorrow we're getting a dog and then then we get a dog so. well that's great because it keeps you honest <laughs> yeah, right like you yeah. can't be like <laughs> You can't be you like half-assing stuff with him. Like, yeah, if someone's like, what's it like being the mother of somebody on the spectrum? Be like, a lot of accountability. Like, you will never, you're just going to have to answer to every single thing you've ever done and explain it more than once, so. That's that's a very positive way of looking at that. <laughs> I had a thought, well, I have a friend who once told me, like, you cannot tell my son you're going to do something because now you're going to have to freaking do it, like. You know? oh, or if you don't, you just have to spend the rest of the entire day explaining why, how come, why not. And then two weeks will go by and then you'll have to explain it again. And so <laughs> just we just we've learned very much to just like 
wait until it's time to start doing whatever we're doing and then let it happen. Right on. I'll let you take it. I'll let you take a drink. Thank you. I love your purple cup, by the way. That's like, purple is <laughs> okay. my favorite color. Well, you're a huge Prince fan too, right? I am. I am a huge Prince fan. But you know what? I was, I loved purple before Prince because when I read uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's autobiography, mm-hmm. he believed that like purple helped keep away the evil spirits. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, purple's my favorite color too. Black and purple are my favorite colors. <laughs> Well, you know who just walked up to my door? Hold on. Uh, Je- Jesse Jones is here. Jesse Jones? Jesse Jones. Of Stab Podcast of fame. Stab- Hold on one second. No, no worries. Did you get some Stab merch? I got my... Uh, I got my Stab hoodie. Oh, nice. Oh, and something else. There's some, maybe I was supposed to get a stab tote, and I never got it. Jesse Jones, if you're listening to this. I wanted to get him to come in, but um, <laughs> I think he He's may have got been deliveries a, to make. And I think the dogs may have intimidated him. Um, now, I don't know what this is. He's think, a cat oh, person. Is some, oh, it's a patch. Wait, I got a. Oh, that is cool. I want one of those. Wait, do I got to got to sew my own patch on? <laughs> Does it have the sticky on the back? Oh, look at this. Oh my god. Oh my I got god. stab swag. Look at that. Stab swag. Um, so I was a huge fan of, still am a huge fan of Stevie Ray Vaughan, mm-hmm. and he believed that purple helped keep away the spirits. Yeah. So that's where the whole purple thing came in, but now, um. I absolutely I'm a huge Prince fan and what's the great thing about being a huge Prince fan is like there's so much Prince catalog like yeah I don't even like I don't even touch the stuff like after like the gold experience like Mm -hmm. I'm not but you know what I want to talk about (laughs) I want to talk about the white stripes (laughs) yeah I want to talk about the white stripes you actually have the track listing because you said we're going to talk about that today yes I am a little bit disappointed that um, the last song on the first album, I love Jack White like a little brother. Oh, yeah, with Holly Golelli. That's from Elephant. Okay. That we love one another. Well, if you want want to hear a big emotional story about my love for the White Stripes, I can tell you. Let's do it. Because I will tell you a great White Stripes story myself. Okay. Go first. So it takes, so first of all, if anybody knows me, they know that I love Beyonce and I love Jack White so much. And those are just my two ultimate, like, I I love them so much. I'm a huge fan of both of them. So when I was um, growing up, I was a cheerleader for a while. And then my sophomore year, I got cut from the squad. Oh, and um, I had been a cheerleader for a really long time and had kind of been friends with those girls, but I never really fit in because I was always kind of a weirdo, but I love cheer. And so the, after that, they didn't really have any excuse to talk to me anymore. And so I was kind of became like a social pariah and got really sad. But up until that point, I basically just liked whatever they liked. So, you know, if they liked pop music, then I was into pop music and whatever. And the late 90s was really good for pop music because you had all those boy bands and you had, you know, Britney Spears and all of that stuff. So it wasn't a bad time for pop music. but Great time for pop. Right. Great time. Um, 
And then, and so I became like super depressed. I cut off all my hair. I dyed my hair black, just total like transformation of like your insides to your outside, just super depressed. And there was like other stuff going on in my life aside from that too. So it was just a lot. And so one day I was watching Saturday Night Live and the Strokes were the band of the night and I had never seen boys like that before I was like what the fuck is this those guys are handsome they look cool and it totally changed my life and I started dressing like them and then everybody knows that if you know the strokes then I would say like the white stripes were kind of like the same ways that the Beatles and the Rolling Stones were like they were the two Mm. high like garage rock revival kind of things and so then I found the white stripes and I was crazy 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 obsessed so anything that the strokes or the white stripes did I was totally down for I was obsessed I love it to this day I still have a white stripes poster hanging in my office that has been with me since I was 17 years old and um and then as time went on my love for the strokes kind of started dying out a little bit but my love for the white stripes just kept growing and so I'm still a huge fan of the White Stripes and I've seen Jack White and I've seen him live in like any like any band that he's been in. I've seen him live. I've seen him with the Rock and Tours with the White Stripes. I've seen him solo. I've seen him with the Dead Weather and every single time I've seen him, it's been the most amazing experience. And so that's why I'm just I will like always be a fan of his because he's never disappointed. I think part, I still like the strokes, but part of the reason why my love kind of waned for the strokes is because I went to a lot of their concerts where they would just be trashed and their fans kind of suck. And, (laughs) and so, you know, it was kind of disappointing because then you'd go to a white stripe show and be like, everyone's rocking out and they're working so hard and doing such a good job and they appreciate us and they love us as fans. They understand what they're here for. And so I'm still totally into the white stripes and Jack White. I wonder what that has to do. What was like uh, Jack White's upbringing like? Because like the strokes are children of privilege. Like mm-hmm. their parents were loaded. Like, yeah. So success to them was just like, well, this is our due. Right. But what was, what was Jack's white? Where, what, what's, what's Jack white come from? <laughs> well, now I'll really show you my, <laughs> you know, I knew that they were, I knew that the strokes were like they, that they had come from privilege, but it wasn't until I saw that Julian Casablanca's father has a documentary. There's a documentary about his father on Netflix that I was like, oh my, they had like real, real, real. His his father owned a modeling agency, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so they were just talking about, I mean, he went to like boarding school in Switzerland and Albert Hammond Jr., dad albert hammond is he was a famous musician yeah. and so i mean yeah tons of money um so wait, Jack- wait, wait wait is albert hammond jr is he john hammond's grandson then the record producer i don't know i only know like, his dad i mean his dad's obviously albert hammond but the only song that i would know about albert hammond i think is like to all the girls i've loved before i think that would be the only song that okay I'd all right i'll have to do that research on my own okay yeah i don't know we can look it up but <laughs> <laughs> well i think you know jack if anybody's been a fan of the white stripes or been a fan of jack white for a really long time they know that like jack white is very like 
flexible with the truth. You know, it's like when the White Stripes first came out, they tried to market themselves as brother and sister. Yep. Um, but they were really like a divorced couple. Oh, I didn't know they were divorced already. Yeah, I think they were divorced when their first album came out. Uh-huh. But I think that um, I read this like oral history that they did like a retrospective ab- about one of the White Stripes. I think it was White Blood Cells a couple years ago. And they were saying that um, that like by the time that they started seriously getting some serious recognition i think they had already made their first album but the second when the time the second album started gaining a little bit of traction that they were already separated and then when they blew up they were divorced so i think it was kind of like this train is rolling if we want this to happen we have to find a way to make it work even though we're not together anymore Right. And and what has she done post White Stripes? Is she just laying low? She's or? a total recluse. That's actually part of the reason why they're not together anymore because I mean, as a band. Um, because uh during their last tour, she started experiencing really, really intense anxiety. And they had to uh cancel a couple of the of their tour dates because oh, she wow. just it was kind of like Brian Wilson with the Beach Boys were just like, I can't go out on that stage anymore. I can't even though we've been doing this for a really long time now, I can't just muster up what it takes to get out there right now. Um and then a couple uh a little bit later they ended up, you know, officially breaking up. And I think since then, she's, I think that she's just totally content with being a recluse. I think she lives in either Nashville or Detroit and just doesn't want to come out, doesn't want to be seen, doesn't want to be like, she's kind of like our um, J.D. Salinger, I guess. Okay. So being that you're such a white stripe for now, I had no idea. This was, I thought you were just a huge fan. I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was like this. Didn't know my obsession. Yeah, that's awesome. Have you made <laughs> Have you made the pilgrimage to Nashville to uh, Third Man Studios? No, it's I really I my friend. Well, everybody knows my obsession with Jack White. So, um, I've had a friend. My friend has sent me um, postcards because she has been to both. She's been to the Nashville one and the Detroit one. She says, in her opinion, the Detroit one is better. Um, my cousin used to live in Nashville so he'd send me like like magazines and stuff that had Jack on them but my prized possession is my brother used to work for this music ticketing company and they had a hub in Nashville and Jack White released this special vinyl for his singles it's all of these acoustic singles that he did and it's on this like shattered blue vinyl and he only released it at the nashville third man records so my brother in like the best brother of all time move called his contact in nashville and this guy went out and stood in line for me to get me that record wow and so it's one of my prized possessions yeah how many did they make I don't know how many they make, but it's a collector's item. Maybe I shouldn't have opened it, but um, but it's open them, man. Yeah, it's 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 so cool. And and <clears throat> then usually for Christmas, um, usually for Christmas I'll get like a record from Third Man Records. So usually that's like a running Christmas order for me. Wow, you know, yeah. um, the Third Man, the, there was a there's a Billie Eilish Third Man record exclusive that they only sold. Oh really? At the store, and it like I looked it up on eBay, and it was going for like two, three thousand dollars. Like, oh I my think god! Was, 
there, I think there's only 500 of them. And what they did is like um, the album covers, they laid all the album covers out on the floor. And then Billie Eilish took a bucket of blue paint and a microphone and they just started just like splattering the the covers oh that's so dope yeah so um i watched the i watched this i don't know i don't know what you know how you just get on the internet and you don't even know yeah. how you got there yeah yeah but that's i how was, you think uh, i know so much about meg white being a recluse <laughs> <laughs> so are you okay i saw the uh i saw the white stripes at coachella Mm-hmm. in 2000 oh, nice and it was like when they weren't huge yet like they had a buzz mm-hmm. because they didn't even they their set wasn't even at night it was like it was still daylight it was and, like in the Gobi tent at 12 o'clock no no it was still <laughs> on the main stage but it was during the day it was daylight yeah and let me tell you we sat there just like I, I could not believe what what I was watching like I could not believe the power that I was seeing come from two people like yeah it just blew me away yeah it's amazing you know like I uh I grew up in an evangelical household and so we'd go to like these church revivals and stuff and I would just see people like you know when you watch something it's like people catch the holy spirit and you know I'm a person of faith I've converted to Catholicism since then but at the time it was like well I don't really understand what that feeling is but then when you go to like when I went to the White Stripes concert or I've seen Beyonce or Prince like you feel that we're like okay this is now I understand what it was that those people were feeling where it's just there's something inside you that like it's so rare to feel those emotions. I, I think part of my obsession is because I feel that way every single time that I've seen them live. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% understand what you're talking about. And I'm yeah. curious, how old were you the first time you saw the White Stripes? Like, what were you? Well, see, I, I, only got, I only saw the White Stripes one time. And I was, it was for their Get Behind Me Satan tour. So I was like 19 or 20 and I saw them at the Greek theater in Berkeley oh and it was an auto Lux open for them. And Carla Azur, who's an amazing drummer herself. She's in his uh, Jack's solo band. She's uh-huh. amazing drummer. Um, my brother is like, he likes the white stripes, but he's not a super fan like me. So the last time Jack came um, by him on his solo tour he came with me and he saw her drum and he was like so in love he was he became like a huge fan of her because she's an amazing drummer too um yeah but it was a really amazing show and Jack White's just like he's he started yelling at this um this guy jumped on the stage and he's like everyone stop the show look at that asshole point at that asshole and tell that guy you're an asshole and so this guy just was followed through the entire crowd and be like you're an asshole you're an asshole and he just gets so mad or like remember live 105 was a popular i don't know if it's still a popular bay area radio station but they were doing like a beach ball and the beach ball uh landed up on stage and jack white got so fucking mad that he got the beach ball and he's like we're gonna take a five minute break live 105 and he took the beach ball back and you can hear him pop it 
and I was just like so turned on. I was just like, he's so angry and I love it. Yeah, that's what I always <laughs> loved about Jack White is that that you would hear these stories. Like there'd be like pictures of him in Rolling Stone with like black mm-hmm. eyes and like the, he just like got into fights at bars and he was just like, he didn't he's, give a fuck. Oh he, my God, do you remember when he beat the shit out of that guy from the Von Bondies? Is that what it was? A Google Von Bondi's Jack White fight. He fucked that guy up. Why? Do you know why? I think it was just like they were were another Detroit band. And Jack White's like a competitive, crazy person. And that guy was just continuously talking shit. And they got a fight. I I remember reading (laughs) about... He went to jail and suffered too. That was the, that. That's that's the mugshot I must have seen, and he yeah. still had a black eye. Like he still, like yeah. it was crazy. But I definitely think that in two thousand, the two thousand two thousand one, the Strokes mm-hmm. saved rock and roll. Like you're, you're oh yeah, yeah. The Strokes saved rock and roll. They came along at the absolute right time when like grunge was done. We had no idea like. It was like the time where the boy band and like what's a new metal like Limp Bizkit and Korn. Those were the big bands at the time. And the new metal got way too much than it deserved. (laughs) Like Korn is great. I'm from Bakersfield, so Korn Uh, is great. And I still love Korn. Uh, I can't listen to an entire Korn album. I can listen, I can listen to like three songs of a Korn album and I could appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen them live a handful of times because you have to if you live in Bakersfield, like you got to go see Corn. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but it's just too it's just it's too heavy for me. Did yeah. you did did you say you saw Prince also? I did. I see. I saw Prince, um, and that was amazing. Where? Tell me all about that. I saw him in Santa's. No, not San Jose. At the Oakland um, Oracle. Uh huh. And. He was so amazing. He played for like two hours. Everybody was, there was wearing purple. We wore purple too. Was it the solo piano tour or was it way before that? Like the last tour he did? I don't. This was 2000. This would have been like 2009, 2008. Um, okay. And he brought out like Sheila E., and she had like this golden crusted drum set that was dope. I think he made it for her. And I mean, yeah, he it was amazing. I I'm really happy that I got to experience that before. I I've been really lucky in the sense that music has been such an important thing in my life that it's one of the little like splurges that I allow myself. If it as I get older, it's like I have to really, really love the performer in order to spend the money to go yeah um but uh the only artist that i have not seen is that i would still love to see even though he's a giant pain in the ass is kanye but all of my other heroes i've been able to and probably bob dylan too i haven't seen bob dylan Mm -hmm. but i'm so upset with myself for not going to the i could have gone to see i could have gone to see the uh the Kanye Jay-Z watch the throne. Oh man. Like a bunch of my friends were going and I was Mm -hmm. like, should I go? But I was like, kind of like in the same boat where I was like, I'm, I, I'm not entirely sold on Kanye. No, I was. (laughs) Is he going to show up? Exactly. I was more worried about is Kanye going to be Kanye than that. 
I, I definitely, I definitely acknowledge that Kanye is great. Like he really yeah. is. And that he takes the chances and risks with like an entire album of like something different. Like you got to give it to him. Like, he, yeah, he keeps, he keeps changing. Live Kanye or going to a live Kanye concert is like high risk, high reward. <laughs> so you know that it's like, there's a chance that he's not going to show up and that'll be horrible, but there's also a chance that he'll show up and just completely fucking deliver. So I don't know, but I mean, you got to roll the dice with that one. Because he stopped the Sacramento concert, right? Yeah, I think he was only out for like a couple of minutes. Oh my gosh, I'd be yeah. so mad. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Well, you know, that's the thing with the strokes. Like, I do love the strokes, but I went, the last show I went to, they were just like totally drunk their um security guard kept having to come out because i think julian casablanca is the lead singer was just like spinning around the actual microphone stand and trying to get ready to launch it into the crowd uh-huh. and the security guard had to come out and be like yo dog let's not like launch metal into a crowd full of people and maybe you need a drink of water. Yeah. I mean, that guy was crazy. I think he, like, broke his leg because he jumped off of some amps off stage. And, I mean, yeah, I love them. But then you see her just like, are you going to be drunk and messy tonight? Or are you going to be good yeah, and deliver? Yeah. So just, um, I think they're one of the bands that they were about to tour, weren't they? About, I think they were about to tour. When- yeah, they were about to do, like, their comeback tour. I, I was definitely interested in that. I, I mm-hmm. think... I never got to see um, the Strokes. I we had tickets. I'm going to tell the story, and my friend listens to this podcast. Yeah, she's going to hear this. That <laughs> we were we were on our way. So I I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. We were on our way to the Hollywood Bowl to see the Strokes and Tom Petty. Oh my god! And <laughs> someone had a wild hair to like, hey, let's do mushrooms. And I, was oh, like, no. well, and I was like, well, we don't have mushrooms, so we can't do mushrooms. And then we were already on the freeway and they were like, well, we could probably get mushrooms from so-and-so. And I was like, guys, we're already on the freeway. We never know what LA traffic's going to be like. And I was just outvoted in the car. Like it was, it wasn't me like being logical. It was Jesse being a sissy, not wanting to do mushrooms. So we're going to do it. They they called the guy and he didn't answer his phone. But they're like, oh, he's he's got him. He's probably just at the store. By the time we get there, so we fucking we turn around, we backtrack, we go. The guy's not home. We don't get mushrooms. We park just in time to hear Jonathan say thank you, good night. And I would have been hot. I would have been mad. We missed the strokes. I would have been livid. I couldn't believe it, and I was so. I'm still upset to this day about that. Tom Petty was amazing. Stephen Nicks came out and did like mm-hmm. half the mm-hmm. night with Tom Petty. Oh my God. Well, yeah. it wasn't a total loss. Oh, no, it that. wasn't, but we, we did not get to see the strokes. God. So, um, I'm well, maybe little, it was one of those nights that they were drunk assholes. Maybe. Good job. I'm a little bit worried about, um, so the white stripes box set is supposed mm-hmm. to get, well, not, it's the greatest hits, right? Right. It's supposed to, it's released December 4th, right? Mm-hmm. So when do you think we'll get it? Like, do you think we'll get it December 4th or do you think we'll get it December 6th? I you, don't know. You, you've been in the Third Man Club before, right? Like, oh, yeah. the vault. What's it called? It's called The Vault, right? The Vault, yeah. Um, 
I would think it would probably be here on the sixth because I think that they try to do like good customer service. Uh -huh. But um, I mean, it, what's really nice about that is because um, the, the I got there, they did a wall a vault package of like live white stripes. That was the last vault package that I got, and I ordered that one in like August, and it didn't come until almost it came like in December. So. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Cause I, cause Beyonce also released her homecoming on vinyl and I'll have that. So it's going to be really happy December for me. So what's Beyonce's <sighs> homecoming? It's a, is it a live concert or is it? Yeah. A the, you know, the set that she did um, for the Netflix at Coachella, she made a documentary of her set at Coachella. Okay. And it's the set that she did at Coachella and including, she called it homecoming. Including the reunion stuff with, um, Destiny's Child. I almost said in vogue, but I knew that was so. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the whole thing. Well, because of the CD or, you know, the CD is out uh -huh. and it has all of it. Yeah. I saw you freaking out on the gram or Facebook one day about Beyonce. Oh, yeah. Last year, not this year, but last year I wore the, I made the homecoming outfit that she wears in the beginning. Uh -huh. That was my Halloween costume. Oh, wow. How did that go over? Well, everybody I loved, loved it. it. Yeah, I loved it. That's awesome. It was like, I worked really hard on it. It was awesome. It was great. So I'm worried that the White Stripes album's not, so I'm, I'm leaving town on December 4th to go spend, oh. to spend uh, Christmas at my mom's house mm -hmm. in, uh, in Bakersfield. So I'm going to be gone like from December 4th till December 25th. So I think it's going to arrive. I, I, I contemplating having it shipped to my mom's house. But then I won't have a record player at my mom's house. So yeah, I'm going to, do you I'm have gonna, a roommate that can bring yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. My roommate's going to be oh, here. Okay. You're just worried no, about listening no. to it. I'm just worried about getting to play with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can, I mean, if you want to just listen to the track listing, you always use it on like iTunes and stuff, but it's not the same as listening to it on the record player. It's not the same. So yeah. if it comes, I think you need to do an unboxing video, uh, Okay. I'd like, because I'm dying to, because the, the box has so much cool stuff. You know what? You should, I'll look at that. But yesterday on the, um, on Instagram too, I know, maybe I shouldn't say this out loud because I don't want to compete with anybody else, but um, they're going to release like all of these little white stripes, like special things related to the album only at certain independent record stores on the fourth. Oh wow! So if you find one that's like either on the way to Bakersfield or in Bakersfield, could there? I mean, there's going to be some in LA for sure. So, yeah. But it's on the fourth, and so I think I'm going to try to take the day off and drive up to Amoeba um, in San Francisco and see if I can score one of the posters that they're going to release. Oh. Um armadillo records in davis gets some cool stuff too like yeah. when they do those independent releases uh armadillo and davis um mm -hmm. kicksville vinyl and sack yeah and phono select oh, vinyl kicksville vinyl i'm gonna read that down i haven't been um it well the uh third band uh released what record stores they're gonna be giving them to Oh, they already did. So oh. it was like two stores in Oakland, one store. I was hoping that they would release something in SAC, uh -huh. but um, it's it's Amoeba and one, two, three, four records in San Francisco, Amoeba in San Francisco, and then one, two, three, four records in Oakland. Oh, okay. And okay. then one store in Nevada, and then of course LA. 
Amoeba in LA or did Amoeba in LA shut down? If, I don't remember. You, If you go to the site, it'll tell you which stores. There's one in LA, but I don't remember which one because I didn't bother looking. Right on, right on. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the track listing uh, of the of the album? Is it is it perfect? Is there something that they left off? Um, I think... See, I'm looking at it right now. I love where, how they start and how they finish. Finishing with Seven Nation Army. Well, that's how he finishes all of his concerts anyway, with Seven Nation Army. Um, which is perfect, because that's the one that everybody knows. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that song. Um, see, I'm looking at it now. I think it's good. I like that he's including Jolene on that. No, that's from the live album. I think everything is good. There's one song from Elephant called Black Math, and that's one of my absolute favorite White Stripe songs. So I'm like, wow, Black Math's not on there, but I really said that's just because it's my favorite. Uh-huh. <laughs> it doesn't have to be on everyone else's. But I think they got all the all of the bangers on there. And what did you did were they talking about the greatest hits for a while? Was it or was it a complete surprise that a greatest hits got released? I'm trying to think like I'm not, I'm not as in depth as I once was when I was younger. Uh-huh. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I was kind of surprised, but it's also kind of like, I feel like this is their way of saying like, we're never getting back together, you guys. So oh, do you think so? I don't think Meg White is interested at all. And Jack White's actually kind of like talked a little bit of shit about her not oh. talk shit but like basically was just saying that you know their relationship maybe was a little bit tumultuous especially at the end mm-hmm. and that i think that she's just kind of like i traveled the world they made money and i think that jack white is also very like he's got to be an intense person and you know like you know comedians that are intense people and they're not for it like you can't be too sensitive to be around them because their intensity like i know you know comedians like that yeah so for i'm sure it's the exact same thing with rock stars where it's like their intensity can be a little draining for people especially if you're a little sensitive so she's like i put up with your ass for almost 20 years i've traveled the world with you we've made music i'm i don't want to do it anymore you're gonna be totally fine without me i'm just I'm ready to just be a quiet person. So, you know, when 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 he tours now, does does he did he retire like the White Stripes catalog? Does he still do the White Stripes? Because when I saw I saw him in 2013, mm-hmm. and he did not do any White Stripes stuff. Like uh, there was, but it's the album that he won a Grammy with. Um, was it 2013 or 2012? And he did not do any White Stripes material. So mm. does, has that been true when you've seen him? When he is with the Dead Weather or the Raconteurs, he does not. But when he's doing his solo stuff, he does. Okay. All right. So I've seen him do White Stripes stuff when he's doing. And I think it's because he's like, oh, well, I wrote this shit. This is, these are my songs. So I might as well. But he doesn't do them with like. Um, he doesn't do them when he's like performing with his other bands. I, um, did you watch the, I'm sure you watched the Saturday Night Live performance. Did you watch it more than once? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. 
I didn't catch this, but Bill Burr mentioned it on his podcast. Bill Burr said that Jack White did a nod to Eddie Van Halen mm-hmm. halfway through, like during the solo of the second song. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? I think it was like Eddie Van Halen had a, a like a it picking was, style. It was like a certain riff, right? Or a like it's sound. the way that he like picked his guitar. And I think that he, um, I think I read it on his Instagram or something that the guitar that he was playing was either like the same style of Eddie Van Halen or that Eddie Van Halen had, it was some, it was something about the guitar had something to do with Eddie Van Halen. So he acknowledged it. Yeah. And okay. then I think the way that he was like the the style that he was playing was like an Eddie Van Halen style. Were you a huge Van Halen fan at all, or just kind of like? Eh. No, I don't know. I don't know much about their music. Really? Well, was he? You know, well, some of that stuff, like with rock and roll, I had to find a lot of that stuff for myself. That's why I'm when I found the White Stripes and the Strokes, it was such a big deal for me because it opened up this window to all of this music. So it wasn't like, oh, my mom and dad used to listen to the Velvet Underground. And now I do. It was like, oh, who's the Velvet Underground? Who is like, who are the Ramones? And all this stuff because I grew up listening to like Motown music and uh, my parents really like, you know, like funk music or Rose Royce or you know, that kind of stuff. Um, that was like what I grew up listening to. So like, I guess I just never really tapped into that whole catalog from the eighties of rock music, like Van Halen or, you know, what, whoever their peers are. Right on, right on. So that's what you, yeah. cause I was, I was about to ask, what did your parents listen to? But uh, so, yeah. yeah. So it was like kind of like that seventies funk that whole yeah, my parents really love like seventies funk, a little bit of hip hop, like early hip hop. Um, huge Motown, Motown music is huge. I still to the, I was listening to the Supremes actually before I came here. Um, that was kind of like our thing, you know, anything that you'd find on like you know low rider oldies stuff or things that they would listen to like east side stories compilations or oh my other. god do you remember those east side story compilations yes. i used to work at rasputin and we had an east side story it was all of the east side stories and it came with like a little low rider car oh my was it, it, was, it was, on super- CD? It was on cd they were cds yeah which rasputin did you work at in berkeley I, no i worked at the one in stockton Oh, there was a Rasputin in Stockton? Yeah, yeah. It closed down, I think, a year ago to move to Modesto. But it was a Tower Records for a really long time. And then Tower Records closed down. That was bought by Rasputin. And then that's, it was 2007 when I worked there. And how long did you work there? Did you work I worked, I worked there for two years because I was in college. And so I, uh, um, I worked through college. And then when I left, I got to go work at my, like, grown-up job. Um, working there i worked at a record store too and it was the greatest time of my life i loved working there and the the very first year that i worked there was awesome i met some great people got exposed to a lot of really good music um uh then the last year that i was there there were like two people that just made life horrible because they were super mean so i was happy to leave at that point but it is fun listening you know it's like it's at the end of the day, you're still working retail, but it was fun to like 
listen to something or because everybody got to pick like two cds to put into the cd player every week and so you would have to hear everybody on staff's like picks because they would just sort of like load in 30 cds and then play everything at random so you'd be like what the fuck is this and then someone would be like well that's you know whatever that person was listening to at the time so it exposed you to a lot of different music do you think that you had like one particular cd that you picked the most to play into yeah the to play thing. into yeah like the like when it came on everybody was like wow this is Rhoda's pick um it was usually like white stripes strokes yeah yeah yes the garage oh, rock yeah, kinda. Yeah. Uh-huh. oh yeah i was a huge yeah yes did you see them i did yes where'd you I see saw, them i saw them at bimbo's mm-hmm. which is an awesome venue in san francisco and i saw them at a it was like a live 105 festival. Oh, those are the best. Yeah. Um, and that's the one of the shows that I regret not going to. And I was living in San Francisco at the time was when they played the Fillmore. Okay. And they filmed it. Have you been to the Fillmore? Yes. Bunches I love of the times. Fillmore. I've yes. never been to the Fillmore. Who just... <gasps> I didn't didn't grow up out here so like (laughs) I've been to like the house of blues I've been to like the Hollywood Bowl I've been to the Greek in LA like I've been to all of those venues but those places are cool I haven't been to like the iconic like I've never been to the Greek I've never been to the 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 Berkeley Greek I've never been to that Uh one I've never been is the film even still open I hope so I think I mean it's a land it's like one of those places I've seen so much history. I do, I do have like, maybe you have the same thing. Like I have a list of like a bucket list of venues that I would love to go see shows in. Uh-huh. So one of them is like the Hollywood Bowl. I've never been. Oh. I've never been to the Greek either uh-huh. in in LA. I would love to go um, to um, see something in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like what is it? Um, the Carnegie Hall. Okay. Um, there's this place called Red Rocks in yeah, Colorado. Where, where you two did their famous. Well, you two's the show. Like the famous Red Rock shows are like you two, Dave Matthews, mm-hmm. uh, John Tesh. <laughs> yeah, I would love to go to Red Rocks. I did get to go to the Crystal Ballroom in Portland. I saw Spoon there. Oh wow, that was awesome. So I do. I like have a. I have a list of like a bucket list a bucket of list. venues that i'd love to see live shows at um so hopefully someday i'll be able to do that my, my bucket so like my bucket list was never kind of like that but like what i always wanted was like i always wanted to uh to see a band in their hometown like i always wanted to like like i always wanted to see you two in ireland or like yeah that would be amazing i mean i guess i did get to see like rage against the machine in los angeles like that was amazing like mm-hmm. it was my dream to see the beastie boys at madison square garden like that's what i absolutely wanted to do and like yeah mm, that's kind of not gonna happen i guess yeah but um who what's like some of the great shows you've seen at the Fillmore? let's see um I'm trying to think what have I seen it I've been to a lot of shows at the Fillmore I'm trying to think oh my god I have to go pick up my I have to go get my like tickets do you save your tickets no I have Uh, a handful of like my mid-90s tickets Um, uh I was just going through them the other day no they're not even 
they're like yeah they're like early 2000s uh late 90s mm-hmm. but like i like my concert because like i'm a lot older than you i'm an old man i <laughs> i don't you're probably not that much older than me <laughs> I'm, a, I, I'm almost 50 i'm 49 so oh, like okay so you're like, oh yeah, you are. <laughs> no, not that much. I'm 35. So okay, all right. Um, so like my concert going days started like in 1992, mm-hmm. and we're going strong like all through the 90s. And then like as I got older, like it's like I don't know. I kind of still went to a lot of shows, but it was like with less frequency because like they just started getting crazy expensive. Yeah, the, I I know exactly what you're saying because when. When I was like in my twenties before, you know, I got married and had a kid, like we were going out like two concerts a week, maybe one or two concerts a week. And we would love to hang out at this place in San Francisco called pop scene. And it was a total, I was a total hipster. Um, uh, I was probably super unbearable in my twenties. Um, but Everybody we would is. see, yeah, like we got to see some really cool the one i regret that i flaked on my friends they saw amy winehouse at pop scene which is literally a pizza place it's literally a pizza place that closes down and becomes a dance club after hours so this is very hipster but um but i guess that she was just like really really fucked up and didn't do a great job but i do regret not going to that one but we saw um I don't know if you remember, like, the band Voxtrot. They had kind of that one big hit that didn't sound like the rest of their music. And I, <laughs> no, saw, I, Albert, I saw Albert Hammond Jr. there. Uh-huh. Um, but to answer your question, sorry, at Fillmore, it's been such a long – the Fillmore is great, and and I don't know if they'll still do this after the pandemic, but everybody gets – you get a – if the show sells out at the Fillmore, you get a poster. Uh-huh. And you get an apple. And so it's a huge deal if you get everyone gets a poster if the show sells out. So that's always something awesome. And an apple. So, I never heard about that. Yeah, it's like everyone, the, they just have like big bushels of apples everywhere. I've heard of like the iconic Fillmore posters because like I see them on eBay all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so but, I have like um, Feist. I don't know if you know yeah, Feist. Yeah, heard of them. Yeah. Feist, Broken Social Scene. I've seen them. You know who I saw at the Fillmore that was so awesome, but a bunch of douchebags totally ruined it was the Dan Band. Oh wow! If you, How okay, fun was that the Dan band was okay? Here's the thing: I'm still mad at that because the Fillmore is awesome because it's a tiny venue. Like I saw mm-hmm. Ben Queller there, the Unicorns there. It's fun, and it's really beautiful inside. It's like you know when they talk talk about like I don't know. There's just something about it that's like really cool. And you walk up and you see everybody that's ever been there. So you see pictures of like Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, the White Stripes are up there. You just see all this is Bob Dylan, all of this history since you know the 70s and the I think it's the 70s as far back as it goes. Maybe maybe mid to late 60s. And so you're just kind of like surrounded with all of this history. You're like, wow, this is crazy. Um, and the Dan band comes out and they're so good. They are awesome. They have these like super fun dance routines and they have all these like super fun songs and they're partying and everyone's just in the mood to party. But the people in the front row were these like the biggest assholes and they only stopped and shut the fuck up when they started singing, um, turn around what is it turn around bright eyes yeah 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 the, the, totally the one that they the heart, right? that- totally close to the heart yeah. no 
every I need you, I fucking need you more. Whatever song that they sing on old school. Yeah, totally clips of the heart. This the title just doesn't sound right though. I know it doesn't. Like, I'm it's doubting like, myself. But I need you now. Tonight. But we know we're we're in I agreement. Need that, that you it's more that song. Than ever. Yeah. Um that was the only time that they would shut the fuck up and listen to the song. So I'm like, why do you come up here and stand in the front row and ruin it for everybody that actually wants to experience the hard work that they're actually putting it, you, you know, like he could have easily just come out and been like super drunk and stupid and nobody would have thought twice about it. Cause that's what you expect, but they actually were really talented musicians, super fun and had these like little dance routines and they sang all of these super fun songs that you would not like they sang single ladies by beyonce and stuff and the they only do, totally ruined it they only do songs by women they only cover women's songs oh really i didn't realize that yeah that's their thing they it's did like, tons of songs they did ton- yeah they, they played you ought to know by Alanis Morissette. they did such a good job but the people on front just ruined it so i was irritated that sucks yeah. That sucks. But if you ever, I'd see that they play like Reno and Vegas sometimes. So I would highly recommend because I think such I've a seen that they play. I think I've seen like they, they've played like Ace of Spades and like yeah. here in town. Yeah. I would say I, w- I wish I could go back and see them like at a, a venue that was, you know, kind of grittier because then, you know, sometimes those are a little bit funner to party at. But. Did COVID take away any concert plans you had? Like, mm. did you have concert tickets already for anything and then? It got shut down. Think. No. No. Um, the only thing that it really that really bummed me out was I had won a comedy competition and I was supposed to perform in Vegas. So I was getting like and I had the opportunity to go in February, but it was Super Bowl weekend and I couldn't find like anyone to watch my kid. Uh-huh. And so I was supposed to go in March and then everything shut down. So that was really the only thing that I was like really bummed about because I was looking forward to performing in Vegas for the first how, time. How long have you been doing comedy? I started doing comedy five years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And did have you been doing it nonstop or did you take any breaks? Um, this is kind of the biggest break that I have taken. I've been doing it off and on this year for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, I'll take like a couple of weeks off, but I would say especially the last like three years, I've been doing probably like one or two shows a week. Oh man! Up until this point, but you think it'll we'll be normal? There. You think it'll be normal by like I'm I'm thinking like by like April May, it's gonna be kind of normal ish. I mean, it depends on if this vaccine can get figured out and it depends on if, you know, I think between now and then the only like scary thing is like if more venues start closing down, Uh but I'm hoping that the new administration that's supposed to come in is going to be good on their promise and do their best to keep from people from losing more than they've already lost. Um, But we'll see. Were you high anxiety uh the days leading up to the election and the election and the maybe like the one or two days afterwards because like i couldn't even sleep i what you know and honestly i'm still like i think i'm not gonna i i definitely was super stressed out and there's a part of me that will stay stressed out until it's like completely until it's like january 20th really you know so i'm just like what kind of shit is he gonna try to pull and there's like a little part of me that thinks he's just gonna do everything he can to make it like you can do a lot of damage in two months 
Yeah, he's, you know. he, I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, he's definitely not getting back the security deposit at the White House. Like, he's going to oh, Well, just... I think a lot of us are like, question, first question, are they going to have to drag his ass out kicking and screaming? Um, and two, are they going to fucking persecute, you know, prosecute him? Yeah, I think I read the other day that uh, someone that used to work for him is anticipating that he won't return to the White House after he goes to uh, Mar-a-Lago for Christmas. He's anticipating that he won't he won't ever return to the White House after Christmas. So, I mean, um, I hope I hope so. so I mean, uh, it would be a, in reality. It's like okay, well, if all you want to do now is just golf, just golf, just let him golf. Yeah. What else is he going to do? He's always he wasn't doing anything about COVID to begin with. You yeah. know, I'm just like, just go golf until yeah. until you have to be evacuated. Yeah, I feel like we've been on our own this entire pandemic. Like, we just, like, it's been up to the states, it's been up to the counties, it's been up to the cities to, like, just kind of regulate themselves and just mm-hmm. do their best to get through it. And hopefully, yeah. like you said, hopefully this, this new administration will kind of come in. We're going to have to sage the fuck out of the White House. And <laughs> I think... I don't know. There's part of me that wonders if a country, as if as a country, we're going to just really have to come to terms with the fact that, like, we're going to have some serious PTSD. Like, between, have you heard of, like, what is it called? It's, like, Trump derangement syndrome. No, I haven't heard of that. Is- yeah, it's Trump derangement syndrome where it's basically, it's kind of two thoughts. One, like, everybody's blaming every single problem on the government on Trump, which a lot of people will acknowledge that that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, like Trump is the embodiment of all of the problems that came before him. Yeah. You know, he's just the one that brought it like in front of everybody's face. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just also that he's always doing something fucking crazy or that his administration is always doing something so blatantly illegal and crazy that all of us are constantly glued to the news. Like what the fuck did he do and say now? Yeah, and so it's kind of like, what in come in January? What is it going to be like when we don't have to? I mean, Joe Biden, Joe Biden has certainly gotten some brownie points from me in terms of like how it started and how it ended, as far as my opinion of Joe Biden. But you know, having to worry that he's just going to be a blatant liar about everything, I think we're not going to know what to do with ourselves when we're not constantly saying like what did dumb fuck do today yeah 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 hopefully we can get back to kind of normal and i'm curious what like 20 years from now like what the history books are going to say about this and like what like what's going to be taught in like high school history about like what transpired or like (laughs) what what truths will come out if you if we'll ever really know like entirely like what we're seeing is so bad anyway. I'm just like, you, you're, uh, what kind of crimes against humanity that you're like giving hysterectomy to young women that are in these concentration camps and you now have created um, over 700 orphans and that's some heavy shit for us to think about, you know, on a regular basis of like, do are these families ever going to be reunited and how did we allow ourselves to get to this point? Yeah. You know, it's like, I think we all have to kind of think about that moving forward, but hopefully we don't let it happen again. Right. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. 
Man, Rhoda, this hour flew by and oh, sorry if I talked your ear off. No, no. And like <laughs> it's just like I don't know. Like it's great. Like we talked about the white stripes for an hour. <laughs> uh, I could talk. I was like, I didn't even answer your original question of what Jack White's background's like. Fine. Well, I don't know. It's not like look at And Penelope's like, Yes, it's time for a snack. Yeah, she's like, I wanna go outside. <laughs> I Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun to yeah. talk about music with people. I yeah, it's fun talking about music with people that like kind of know what they're talking about, like <laughs> you know, like very much know what they're talking about because like not everyone is in, is as enthusiastic about music as us. So yeah, I often find myself like just trying to explain a lot more than just share. Yeah. Know? So, yeah, I get that. It's a, it was a treat. Um, looking forward to our podcast coming out about Almost yes. Famous. Yes. No, no pressure thanks. on that. Thank but, you so much for having me on. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for thanks for coming by, and sure. uh, and I'll talk to you Take soon. Care. Stay right. safe. You too. Bye. Yeah,